Welcome to Probably Science. This is the voice of Andy Wood. This is the voice of Jesse Case. And I'm Matt Kirshen. Look, we got Andy back, everyone. Hey. He made it out of the Burning Man. He did. We are a no-guest episode today because we are reveling in the fact that Andy survived the unsurvivable. Mudpocalypse. He, it was he overcame insurmountable odds. The worst thing I've be ever been through in my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, very not a big deal. Um and actually, I, I talked to a comedian friend of mine who also lives up in the desert into going, and he also had a blast. And so, and we also should have him on as a guest, so I'll wait for the full um, debrief to have him on. But yeah, suffice to say, it was very not a big deal. Um, <laughs> well, there was, yeah, there was quite a bit of uh, Burning Man misinformation happening on the outside. I mean, it's, I guess it depends on whether you're an idiot who needs to like... Yeah leave as soon as you know you can't leave probably not even when you were planning on leaving because when the gates opened it was the day that burning man was scheduled to end it was just that you couldn't or weren't supposed to leave for the two days prior to that when it was muddy but right because they were also like people like i I saw people posting things like yeah my car could get through that and like firstly i don't know if that's actually true because you just see it as mud but it's not mud it's like like clay yeah it's yeah it's clay yeah it's sort of wet clay um and also, it's not just about your dumb car. It's about that plus another 10,000 of them. Right. And three of them get stuck and then it ruins it for everyone. It also just, like, eats up the track. Right. And yeah. several of them are art cars, which you can't... Those do worse in mud. We all know. Right. I don't think any of those got stuck. I mean, I think those kind of people would just know, just like, wait, like, the forecast, it's going to be sunny in a day and... and- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like, the friends of mine who were there, I saw some people posting things, like, on their social media, just like, are you okay? Let us know you're okay. And I I stayed out of it because everyone I know who was there are are people who bring enough stuff to last themselves through the week and some. (laughs) And, you know, they're not the sort of idiots who show up and just go, like, ah, I'll be able to buy something there. Like, they they are people who've been for many years. They planned it. They know what they're doing. And uh, so I wasn't worried for them I, I figured you were going to be okay yeah. you were with a big group of people who've been there for many years my sure. tent was waterproof like just the basic stuff you should have had anyway so it's like yeah, it's fine and I, every year i bring too much food and i bring home like you know fucking campbell's soup cans and ramen packages that i'm like why did i buy so every year i try to buy less and less but i still come home with stuff so even with this this year i still came home with more food than i went with so I haven't yeah. figured out that part of it. But yeah, it, it was all good as long as you weren't... Like, we listened... We listened. We have had Kevin Roos on from the Hard Fork podcast, and they did a, a, a Burning Man update with uh, a tech guy who used to work directly under Larry Page, who was there. And, you know, he said the same thing, but also said that he did pay $500 after hiking out to the road for someone to give him a ride to Reno. $500 ahead. So I'm like, ah, your, your, your tech bro privilege is showing a little bit. <laughs> Maybe don't tell people that part of it. Like, if you have right. a, a life or death meeting the day after Burning Man, maybe don't go to Burning Man because you just also never know what's going to happen. That's part of what's kind of fun about it. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, I mean, what was, was totally the, fine. aside from the uh, mud apocalypse, what was the cool stuff you saw? What was the, um, what was the highlight? I mean, it was just a beautiful year. It was just the best weather year. <laughs> I mean, I was there 13 days. Three of those oh, were wow. raining, so the rest were gorgeous. So we could just actually bike around town and just, you know, stop in at all the places that are offering you pork bao buns. And, uh, sure. Um, like that, that kind of stuff's my favorite. Much sure there was one particular thing as far as like art installations. There was a giant cube of cubes, a cube of those water tank cubes that are like four feet by four feet that are sort of translucent, you know, okay. those water tanks. Yeah. So they made one that's eight by eight by eight of that. So it's like 32 feet high or so. And it was inside of each of those, there were programmable lights and those things, because they're translucent, they like act as a perfect, like a, each of those becomes a pixel essentially. Oh, okay. so this was a giant climbable wall that was um, like a very low res version of the Las Vegas sphere sort of. Okay. That was cool. Um, I mean, the camp I go with does a live music performance, which, I mean, does three of them, three three-hour shows, which are always great. The third one got rained out, but the rest, it was it was definitely our best year as far as getting all the lighting and sound to work out. And uh, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's a fun time. Um, 
And yeah, we can talk more about it. Are you part of the band or are you, you just cheerleading from the sidelines? Yeah, I'm not good enough. No, they're like pro musicians from LA and San Francisco. I'm just, I, I guess I emcee the shows, but. Um, I'm going, I'm going full midlife crisis with music stuff right now, like full. And it's. How, uh, how so? Steely Dan? No, no, it's not that. So I went, um, uh, well, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the uh, the Ghost concert because Ghost is great, you know? And. I, I'd only heard them for the first time recently, and I uh, I think I want to go and see one of their shows. What's you got to do it. They're like satanic Boston. Like it's oh, it's sweet. It's amazing. I mean, their whole thing is that they're a satanic cult. Like I like I like when things are taken to their logical conclusion. So instead of like the heavy metal like Ozzy Osbourne, like oh, it's a little nebulous. Like what does he mean when he says that? They they literally like the guy just dresses like a satanic pope. And they're like, we are a satanic cult. <laughs> and I, I'm like, that's oh, great. And uh, but then they're very like almost like blue oyster cult. Like it's not what you think it's, it's going to sound like. Yeah. 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 Um, they're great. So I went and saw them. Right. And the opener was this band called Amana Marth, which is a Swedish metal band that only sings about Vikings. That's all they sing about. Amazing. All, all their songs are about Viking shit. Right. Um like the drummer is suspended in a giant like inflatable viking helmet uh it's ridiculous and they're it was great i mean they're great it was technically great so i'm cocky and i go home and i'm like i'll look up some uh yeah look up some of these tabs you know um (laughs) noodle around and i i literally couldn't play any of it like uh but it's not speed metal it's like it's poppy but you still can't play it like no not um, amata marth is straight up metal it's not oh, 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 oh. poppy stuff. And and Ghost is very metal. Like, they're still, their solos are all, like, sweep picking and stuff. Uh, so I just learned a totally different thing. It was, like, Beatles, Hendrixy, Pentatonic, Bendy guy. So I was, like, I never, uh, I'm, like, how, do, how does one shred? I've never been able to. Yeah. And now I'm taking, I'm taking lessons from a Swedish guy. <laughs> like, I'm practicing my modes all day. Like, dude, full midlife crisis uh can like you, i've been can holding you sweep can you no sweep not pick? yet oh. i'm i'm getting uh i'm still working on like alternate picking because i've always played legato so i'm still working on just the like i'm, I'm at like 130 bpm but like 180 bpm 16th notes that's the shred zone you're not in the, you're not in the shred zone until 180 and 16th and so i'm still at 130 and i'm i'm getting there but like dude i've I like was just holding the pick wrong my whole life and like holding my hand wrong. <laughs> like my left hand, I've been holding it wrong my whole life. Uh, so yeah. it's like relearning everything. It's yeah, insane. I, I guess I briefly took lessons from a metal guy and I think I hold it right. But like, do you, God damn it. I can't describe this. Like um, you, you literally have to do, I've always done open hand picking where like my three remaining fingers are there in case I need to pluck something. Right. Um, but like just the drag of those three fingers will slow you down. Like that's how fast these people are. So it's all like closed fist. Right. Um, it's insane. It's completely insane. And like once your brain starts clicking it, it's fun to make progress, like sit there with the metronome. But it's like a, a bunch of scales and stuff I never knew. Like the, the Phrygian minor sixth. It's insane. Yeah. Anyway, full midnight <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I, I, I want to go look up like a YouTube of 180 BPM to hear what the 16th is. It like, at yeah, at that point you're just a human arpeggiator. Yeah, like, uh, and I'm not looking to like do anything with that. It, I was just like very frustrated. I couldn't play this stuff. Normally, like when I'm into a band, I can kind of get by when I look up their stuff. And this, I was, I was just like, I can't even physically do that. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, yeah, it's it's so insane that it doesn't even like inspire me to want to learn. Like I've never really had aspirations of metal because it's just, no, like, me neither. It seems it's, impossible. Like, if it's musical, guys, I love it. Have you guys heard the song uh, "Michael Row Your Boat to Shore"? <laughs> <laughs> no, too hard. Too hard. That's like the expert level on Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like that side, people. I've been trying to master that one. I've been okay. trying to get that down. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw a Viking metal band, and now I'm taking lessons from a Swedish guy. I'm like, that counts as midlife crisis. Like, that's like... Yeah, that's, that's also like, how impressionable you are. For <laughs> sure. No, for sure. Like, I, 
that's a thing that I've realized, like, you don't know what the midlife crisis is going to be. And it makes me afraid. I am impressionable. So, like, I'm, like, afraid to go bowling. Like, if people invite me to go bowling, because I, I know I'd, like, be a guy that, like, has his own bowling ball, like, pretty quick. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's a pretty affordable, like, that's not as bad as, like, if you got into mountain biking and now you're spending, like, 10 grand on shit. Like, a good ball. What is a good ball going to run? Like, that's an okay well, sure. And like learning like death metal stuff is cheap because I already have the guitar stuff. Right. Like uh, it's not expensive. You know, it's not. If you can I'm, avoid the. Yeah. As long as you don't start yeah, getting into like, um, you know, something car related or. Yeah. That's the yeah. shit that'll break you, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Getting into that stuff will ruin you. But it's been. Uh, my hands hurt all the time. It's been stupid, man. Wow. Stupid. It, but you got to like give. Well, now that you've told us and the listeners, like they're going to ask, I, I'm going to ask for like some kind of progress videos. Can we see any? Uh, yeah, sure. When I get back from this trip, I'm, I'm, I, I'm the reason we don't have a guest, everybody. I'm sorry. I have to go on a trip starting tomorrow. Um, so we, we, had, we had to cram guest. one. No, no, I know. Justify. It's way better with us. It's fucking <laughs> way better. It's obviously way better. All the emails we get saying stop having guests, it's <laughs> unreal. This is a spam folder at this point. But uh yeah, no, I'll I'll update you. I'll I'll update you. I'm gonna awesome. go like Yeah, I'm making progress, but it's uh I don't know what I'm doing. Cause it's not even stuff I listen to. It's like not musical at a certain point of speed. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just yeah. it's not it's not like pleasing to me. <laughs> right. It's just like a trick, like juggling or something. Yeah, it's, just... yeah, it's a trick. It's like, oh, you're doing a trick. But I saw, I was like, I think like it was juggling some- nine balls. Like, yeah, you did it. Well done. For yeah. Very few people can do that. Yeah. It was something about like the fireworks and the inflatable, like uh, the inflatable, like uh, dragon and stuff that the singer, like the singer at one point took a Thor hammer and like defeated an inflatable dragon uh, during one <laughs> of their Viking songs. But the way the dragon died, they just had to slowly deflate it. So <laughs> it was just like this kind of slowly deflating. I, and I was just like, whatever they're doing, I want to learn all that. That's amazing. <laughs> so now I'm now I'm uh, sitting here with my jazz picks. Stupid, man. Uh, we have we have we're both on a path to midlife crises, but mine has verged. There was a fork in the road and mine went towards uh, trying to figure out what I want to do for my cover of Brian Jordan Alvarez's song Sitting. Okay. Have you guys been following this? No. No, I don't know. Do you follow Brian Jordan Alvarez? <laughs> no, no, I don't know who that is. He's like medium big Instagram guy, like 300,000 followers. Um, very funny characters. Like he has this roster of like probably a half dozen or more characters that all have their own very distinct voices, both literally and, uh, you know, what's the... A voice oh, in a I metaphorical way, seen... and different filters for each. Right, he does like a bunch of weird face filters. Okay, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I but I mean, it's you know, I don't go for a lot of influencer shit, but this is like a guy who's obviously like a very good actor. I'm sure improviser, sketch cop, whatever. He was in Megan, the horror movie Megan. Anyway, oh, I still, um, still haven't seen that, but yeah, I so, saw that. I saw that. What was he? That was the one. Uh, Megan is the doll. Yeah, the the E is a three. Is a sort of like child's play with an AI. Yeah, guy. yeah. What? Who was he in Megan? Uh, he was one of the people who worked at the company. Okay. Um. So yeah, he just went viral because one of the characters just made up a stupid song, and then it just kind of grabbed his listeners, his viewership's imagination. And um, I'm talking as I'm searching him, and, and like dozens of covers. Everyone's covering. Here's the original. So this is this character who. Um, it's very like um, he's a sort of simpleton with uh, he's always talking about his unseen wife and his dreams. Anyway, here's his song about sitting. Sitting, sitting is the opposite of standing. Sitting is the opposite of running around. Sitting is a wonderful thing to do because you sitting. Sitting is the opposite of. And that you know that okay. became that became. That has a hundred. That has a hundred thousand plays on Insta, on Spotify. As it, it's the opposite of running around, as it yeah. should. As and it that, should. And then people's covers have just gone so. <laughs> Sitting 
so many great well, my personal favorite is a band i hadn't heard of but i uh am now a fan of called the the denim emperor um anyway i've spent most Beautiful. of the last week just in a sitting wormhole Beautiful. I, yeah. I, uh, a rabbit hole, I guess. Normally the internet is so awful. And when it all comes together for everyone to be the same type of jackass, yeah. it's like very fun to me. It's amazing. You know? I love that. That's great. No, what this you, is the you, most positive thing I've seen social media do in years. So there was that, what was the, uh, there was the little girl that did the song about what's inside your butthole, and everyone did a cover of that. That was like early COVID lockdown. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I do um, remember that one. It was very, in, yeah. Yeah, it was like a little girl had a song about what's uh, what's inside your butthole. She was she was made up a dumb, you know, toddler song about what's in your butt. And it yeah. just went super viral. And um, even though I, I despise when people use their children for content, um, makes me very uneasy. But yeah. <laughs> everyone covered it. And um, that was fun. It was a similar thing. This sounds more, I'm, I'm in more into this. Is, yeah, uh, I, I just put the link in there if you want to check out his account. Also, all of his characters, I mean, he's he's gotten famous in Australia. So when this went early viral, it was like Australian radio stations were playing it because people in Australia can't believe an American could do this good of an Australian accent. He has this weightlifter character named Rick who's always talking about lifting heaps of kilos. Uh, hold on a second. People have been asking if I've been lifting heaps lately. I, I don't know how to tell you guys this. I've never stopped. I would never stop lifting heaps. Heaps are my life. They are the reason that I wake up. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, pretty great. Love it. I love it. Um, while we are talking about, we should get into some science stories in a second, but also yes. we're talking about bands from different countries. Uh, the Who, that's uh-huh. H-U, my favorite Mongolian metal oh, yeah. band, are touring again. Nice. They're, they're playing. They're playing the Wilton in a couple of weeks' time. Are you going to go? I think I am. Except they—they they look like they are. They appear to be supporting a band called Asking Alexandria that I've never heard of. So I'm going to look them up and decide whether I'm going to. You know, it looks like there's some cheap tickets floating around. So maybe I'll. Are, see. Are, well, are Gerund bands coming back? What's that? What's a gerund? A gerund, as in like, you know, we had the 90s as like Smashing Pumpkins, Soul Coughing, um, oh, right, Tripping right. Daisy, uh, all the rest of the Ing bands that I can't remember. There are a bunch of 90s ones, weren't there? Yeah. Oh, uh, th- uh, uh, what's the fucking Screaming Trees? Um, yeah. That is what a gerund is, isn't it? My fucking, is my English grammar off? Uh, is that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, on. ending in ing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I guess it's when it's used as a when it functions as a noun. So I guess it's not. It's just a present tense verb. Anyway, ing bands. Okay, ing yeah. bands uh, were very nineties, and I'm just wondering if that's like a trend. You know, we, we had those trends like the animal bands were like 2010. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, you know the early aughts the bands, but then it's like. I feel like we're getting into a thing now where solo artists are having band names like or maybe we've been there a while, but, you know, like The Weeknd or whatever. It's just you're just some guy. Right, right. And I wonder if bands it'd be cool if bands started doing solo artists names, you know, like like a Doug Gibbons. You know, it's like a five guys that kick ass, you know. <laughs> sort of like Pink Floyd, kind right, of. Right, right. Leonard, Leonard Skinner, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jethro what was Tull. Pearl Jam's original name? I think that was one of those as well, wasn't it? I mean, they claim it isn't a, a jizz joke. It's obviously a jizz joke, but... Um, uh, well, their the original name. Jam, oh, Mookie, Mookie Blaylock. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Wait, I thought... Oh, I, th- I thought we were talking about, like, a mother love bone and, like... What was the... What Green River was that it? Green yeah, River split up into that. split up into Pearl Jam and hmm. Which one? Ha- I mean, Andy Wood was Mother Love Bone, and he died, and two of those guys formed Pearl Jam with Eddie Vedder. But 
I forgot who Green River was. I forgot who was in Green River. I think Pearl Jam originally was like a very localized super group. And then, you know, when they got bigger, it was no longer a super group because no one else had heard of that scene. Right. Um, And uh, uh, trivia, the reason that the first album was called 10 is because that's Mookie Blaylock's jersey number. Okay. Uh, Hey, hey, you know what? You know what doesn't branch off from other things the way you might think they do? What's What's that? Trees. Oh, what? Just in broad sense. Loads loads of branches. Leonardo da Vinci's famous rule of trees has been debunked by a new study. This trees is, uh, are real? Yeah, no, there's no... His, his, his rule is that trees were real. Oh. And yeah, thought, you got to check I've, out those trees. And I thought the rule bullshit. of trees no. was like a joke writing thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, you got to do the, it was, rule, the rule of trees. I thought it was just an Irish comedy rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, no. so da Vinci, what hey, is that? It's the rule of trees. <laughs> so, uh, according to this science alert story, for centuries... Inventor, scholar, and artist Leonardo da Vinci has been lauded for his precise, well-proportioned drawings and imaginative designs. He grasped gravity's similarity to acceleration a century before Newton, and his artworks were sheer genius in their perspective and geometry. Do, All do, right. you, guys, do you guys think it was one guy? Hmm. And I I'm think just, Leonardo da Vinci was. Well, I mean, what if it was a Jethro Tull It was a supergroup yeah. situation. <laughs> That's what I mean. And we, we just assume they couldn't have thought of that with their Middle Ages brains. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so uh, his rule, of, his rule of trees, sketching trees in his notebook, he posited that the thickness of a tree branch or its trunk equaled the combined thickness of all the limbs that branched off it. Oh, interesting. I didn't. I didn't see. I would not call his rule of trees famous because I didn't yeah. know. But then I, I don't spend much time drawing trees. Maybe if you're a frequent tree drawer, then you are very aware of this. But mm-hmm. it sucks in the same moment you find out about a uh, fact that would have been fun to recount at parties, you find out that it's not true. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's equally fun to immediately debunk it. Like, I yeah, love it. because yeah, now like, he, I, You know who was a dumb fuck? Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, you'll hear one of those things. Uh, uh, this is a good way to well actually someone who thinks they're smart. I like that. You know? Yeah, so he... Go, Did you know scientist. that every branch is equal? To, and you go, nah, nah. Nah, not true. No. Uh, <laughs> Do you know so, if, you're, if your hand is bigger than your face, you have cancer? Did you guys know that? <laughs> <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Um, so scientists have uh, uh, since shown how the relationship that Da Vinci described might explain how trees resist splintering in the wind. So apparently this has been used for that. But it doesn't hold up on a microscopic level, according to a new study from two plant scientists. Okay. So... He was looking at the outside of trees, Leonardo da Vinci, like some amateur, like some rube. Not the inside of towering timbers, where water gets sucked up internal tubes called xylem as water evaporates from canopy leaves. But the sizing of these conduits relative to the surrounding tree is what Stuart Sopp and Ruben Valbuena, the co-authors of the new... By the way, apologies for the... I've, I've shut the windows, but um, apologies if you can still hear the gardeners out the outside right now. Um, Ban leaf blowers. You gotta make this. Yeah, happen. I don't know what they're doing. It's the it's the council ones. They're doing a uh, grass verge. Um, these two guys, Stuart and Reuben, who are the co-authors of this new paper, were they were they were interested in the xylem. They wanted to make sure models of tree growth were proportioned correctly to better understand tree susceptibility to drought and contribution to carbon stores. Writing they a say, paper about trees is a bit of a fuck you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've we've written this new leather about cows. <laughs> Hmm. Many many biological models of trees, they said, have since taken inspiration from Leonardo's rule to model both plant exterior branching networks and their vascular systems, despite there being little evidence of the rule occurring consistently. Um, and it's not the first time it's been called into question or revised on the basis of modern-day measurements. Just last year, researchers pointed out that the width and length of branches better reflected the branching structure of trees, both slender and stout, rather than thickness alone. Uh, and as for tree architecture... Uh, these two guys reasoned that a tree's water transport channels can't follow the same ratio set out, uh, narrowing a size the further up the tree because of fluid mechanics. Um, and then there's some diagrams that we'll link to here, so you can you can look at the pictures. Um, 
They, they suggest from the modeling of internal tree hydraulics that vascular channels widen as branches thin towards the tops of trees to maintain enough force to draw water up the trunk. Huh. And this, yeah, this also economizes the amount of carbon used to build an energy-efficient vascular system that moves water and nutrients through the trees from root to leaf tip. I'm looking at these graphs, and I can't even tell you how, long, how many thousands of years it would take me to guess that that's what these graphs are of. <laughs> what this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying, uh, wait, so T going from zero to one-sixth, <laughs> and then one-sixth to one, what? Yeah, these, these charts are inscrutable to me, or these diagrams. Fluid mechanics well, I, is, is uh, crazy. It's, it's, yeah, crazy. But also, why would it take this as opposed to just um, someone with a chainsaw to either bunk or debunk this? Because all you have to do is make a bunch of measurements, right? You just cut down a tree. Wait, is bunking the opposite of debunking? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Just oh, past that. I don't know. You said that pretty chalant. Ah, uh, right. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of um, mitigated gall to say that. Uh huh. Um, actually, no. But bunk is bunk is bullshit, right? So debunking is removing. Okay, it's not. Wait. So how, is it one of those things where like flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? Like bunking and debunking would both mean sort of, uh, or well, bunking would mean adding bullshit to something. It's got to be a bed, ba- a mattress-based thing, right? How it started, debunking. And so, uh, so, so originally it had to be like someone was lying. They're like, I promise this bed, there's two people in here. I promise. <laughs> and then someone debunked, <laughs> debunked him. Um, yeah, the fluid dynamic stuff's crazy. Um, do you guys, I'm linking to this right now in The Thing, um, the funniest first paragraph of a textbook ever written, if you want to give that a click. All right. Just give it a click. Okay. It's thermodynamics textbook. <laughs> uh, who, who wants to read this? Uh, uh, I'll give it a read. Uh, so this is from the book uh, Thermodynamics and Statistical Mechanics. Pretty... Sorry, no, so the, the book is called States of Matter, and this is chapter one. Oh, chapter one is on thermodynamics. Yes, yes, Goodstein, uh, Goodstein's book, States of Matter. Um, chapter one, here we go. Ludwig Boltzmann, who spent much of his life studying statistical mechanics, died in 1906 by his own hand. Paul Ehrenfest, carrying on the work, died similarly in 1933. Now it is our turn to study statistical mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the ring by <laughs> yeah. reading this textbook. Yeah. Who the fuck wrote that? As the... uh, anyway, that's I think about that like once a week. I think about this textbook. Um, well, now sometimes you've heard it. You also have to. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'll I'll even say like now it is our turn to study statistical mechanics. Like if I'm having like a shitty time at the grocery store and uh, no one ever knows what I'm talking about. Uh, that's amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> now it is our turn. To... Anyway, um, just made me think of that. Sorry, guys. This can't be real. Oh, it's sorry. real. It's very real. It's been uh, it's been bunked. Okay, that's where the okay. And by the way, uh, to debunk the origin of the word bunk, um, according to Adam edomonline.com I don't know if you can trust that, but um, nonsense, circa 1900, short for bunkum. Phonetic spelling of Buncombe, B-U-N-C-O-M-B-E, a county in North Carolina. The usual story of its origin is this. At the close of the protracted Missouri statehood debates in the U.S. Congress, a representative began what promised to be a long, dull, irrelevant speech, and he resisted calls to cut it short by saying he was bound to say something that could appear in the newspapers in the home district and prove he was on the job. I shall not be speaking to the House, he confessed, but to Buncombe. Wow. Bunkum has been American English slang for nonsense since 1841. Wait, why does it say 1900 then? It is attested from 1838 as generic for a U.S. representative's home district. So in that case, it almost seems more like it's a... a real out-of-pocket situation. Filibustery than, than false. Uh, um, anyway, so if you debunked something, you would take out the part that is nonsense 
Yeah. Anyway, so okay. Da Vinci. Apologies for the extreme. Thing. Yeah. So, so I, I guess according to this, his tree rule still holds up for the outside, which is yeah. amazing to me. That's insane. For the uh, outside. Yeah. When when viewing a tree, that rule holds up. It doesn't work for the internal system of the tree, the the vascular systems. Uh, because What's it, the diff? How does that? That that's measured in size as well. Did I miss how they differentiate between those two as far as measurement? Like what's well, I the mean, difference? The outside of a tree, like the uh, the when you when you view a tree, I guess his formula holds true. When you cut a tree in half and view its uh, internal anatomy, it's no longer true for those individual tree organs. Okay, so it's like the vascular system of a tree doesn't follow this as they. Therefore, the, the vascular system is never in direct proportion to just the cross-sectional area of a given part of the tree. You could also say, because the actual cross-sectional areas do add up to the same thing. If you, you cross-section the trunk, yes, and then at five feet out from the trunk, cross-sectioned every branch, those areas would sum to be the same right but, but different proportions of those we made up of vascular systems in different parts of the tree right because otherwise it, it wouldn't work it couldn't okay. work and trying to figure this out these two guys took their own lives their own <laughs> hand it is now it's <laughs> now incumbent upon us to study <laughs> <Yeah>. tree <laughs> it is our lot in life it is our lot in life to i study statistical can't figures. imagine quitting a class faster than that um <laughs> first day <laughs> oh he's got a cloak on that he pulls back after saying that like yep. yeah well, that's very interesting um wow so this is the the metabolic scaling theory um huh so one of the aims of this in this paper was to produce a ratio which could be used to estimate tree biomass and carbon in forests uh, so they're still working on that. This new ratio will assist in calculating global carbon capture by trees. Oh, okay. Which I suppose is different than just uh, adding up the size of the tree itself externally. Um, our recalculations may also explain why large trees are more susceptible to drought and may also be a greater vulnerability to climate change. Oh, speaking of drought, or its inverse... Um well, first of all, I'd be very interested to have um, uh, Jay Famlietti back on from nine years ago now, probably, in the midst of of that drought period we were in, to talk about where things stand now, because I think we are in a better place, at least in California. I don't know if it's like all counties are out, but um, the upside of the fucking insane weather we've had is I, I think the drought situation is better. But I think I also haven't talked to you guys. We were recording as... Hurricane Hillary was happening. That's the last time I talked to you, right? Uh, yeah, it was guess, just, just yeah, before it was. you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing happened up here either. I mean, no, Palm Springs got fucked, but like uh, this high in the desert in Joshua Tree, there was one. I couldn't go to town for one day because the road I have to take had like three feet of water on it. But um, my yard was fine, and uh, yeah, I think it was basically like almost exactly like that hurricane in '76, in that it was Coachella Valley and various towns at the foothills of mountains that were getting tons of rain that were the most fucked. But because, yeah, Palm Springs, you couldn't get in or out for a day or two. Right. I think is what the news said. Was uh, Yeah, I think there was something like that. Yeah. But everyone in L.A. was like, nothing happened. Like, well, nothing happened right where you live. But like some people got fucked. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's never uh, it's never great. I wish I knew more about I was I was reading a thing about. I guess uh, this winter, like the El Nino, having an El Nino winter. And um, I don't know if it's one of those. It, it, so is that real or is that like a super moon situation? No, no. I think that's a real thing. Like just about like. Uh, I, I just feel like we've been having temperatures more of in the them. ocean and stuff. Are we having more of them? I just thought like, like when I was a kid, it was like we had one El Nino, you know, and it was uh, everyone was talking about it. 97, and, maybe. Something. It seems like every year now there's some El, there's an El Nino. Yeah, it does seem more or a La Nina or those. I forgot if those are like those are different. Yin and Yang of the same year or no? It's not like an El Nino summer begets an El, La Nina winter. Or so, it's not that, right? 
Right, but I got uh, that. I guess it's also not a regular thing. Like I thought it was a regular thing. Like every four years oh, there I is see. an okay. El Nino, but it's not. So our, I just don't know if we're gonna if every year because of climate change is an El Nino year now and we can stop saying. It's I think an El it's Nino. it's like Game of Thrones winter, is what it is. Okay. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Isn't that isn't winter a thing that just comes at random every few decades and then it stays for many years? Oh, I don't know. None of us watched Game of Thrones? No. Yeah, it was something like that. Oh, I watched okay. it, but now I can't remember. But yeah, it was, it was, yes. Or like yeah, the dehydration. Short version, yes. Or have any of you guys read, or do you plan to read The Three Body Problem? Uh, after you were talking about it the other day, um, just for the listeners, we have a very, very aggressive group chat. And after you were talking about it, I looked it up, and it sounds right up my alley. Like, it sounds like something I should totally read. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I haven't read it, no. I just uh, decided to get into Audible again, and um, I'm, I'm into the third book of the trilogy. And also, it's coming out on Netflix in January, so I'm like, well, I want to like get the full version before. And it's being produced by the Game of Thrones people. Um, mm. But yeah, pretty high concept, um, and I might be using that word incorrectly, but um, yeah, very interesting. I'm tr- debating whether you give anything away you find out pretty early on that it has to do with another civilization that's based around Alpha Centauri um, and the fact that this planet has three stars that have an irregular orbit as the three-body problem is, that's what that is in physics. It's just the fact that we've never found a way to model the orbital behavior of three bodies. It's not It's not that you've never found the way to model it. It's that it's it's chaotic. Once you... Once you have three bodies moving around each other, the tiniest change causes a massive difference right. very quickly. So Which I think also means you couldn't model it and have that. It means, yeah, it means it, in, uh, it means it's yeah. very, it's almost impossible to make make long term. Yeah, you can't make long term predictions because you that is correct. Uh, yeah, because you can't measure it accurately enough. Yeah, but um, I guess they, like the tiniest inaccuracy leads to very big changes very shortly down the line so yeah sorry i i, I that is an i guess i retract my previous point i mean it's just so it is it is effectively unmolecular two different ways yeah. of phrasing the same thing but yeah so that raises problems for that civilization and i, I guess saying anything more is giving stuff away but uh it's it's it, good it's also like is that I, the, th- the three body problem the three body problem is an actual real world thing in physics know, the, the book know. is called that because this planet that we contact is uh, sort of dealing with that on a daily basis. So there are some periods where like one of the stars is super close and everything's super hot. And there's like years mm. where like all the stars are far away and like, which I don't think there's any way you would have a stable, like a plant. It doesn't matter, whatever. That's the, that's the sort of foundational thing of this other civilization. And I won't give anything else away because um, like um, some of the stuff doesn't even come out to the second book that I would have to say, but, uh, well, but it's great. Well, we are talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> No, sorry, you're saying it's great? No, I was just going to say, I haven't read sci-fi in so long that, like, y- you forget how sometimes the dialogue suffers because this is a very, like, scientific person. So it's also translated from Chinese. So, like, just so many stretches of the dialogue, you're just like, good Lord. But the science part of it's interesting, so. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, um, uh, I'll check it out. Uh, while we are talking about orbits of things, correction from Justin Payton, I hope I got your name pronounced correctly. You did tell us years ago how to pronounce it correctly. JP? But, uh, pointing, pointing out that I, I got I got myself very mixed up when we're talking about dark side and wrong side of the moon. Oh, that. I was just listening to Jesse Joyce's episode and yelling at my car radio. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not dark in the sense that the sun doesn't hit it. It's just yeah. dark to us because it's uh, it's right. all it's locked. It's tight. It's uh. Well, I don't even think it's dark to us as much as we just don't see it. Like yeah. No, but I mean dark to us in the sense that we don't see something. You know. Right. In the right. Right. Um, in that there is always the same size. It's tidally locked to the earth, so there's always one side of the earth facing us. Mm-hmm. Which is frankly annoying. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Like how did yeah how did that become a thing that people like do you think people historically thought that that side was always I feel like people got pretty quickly that the moon was always half lit don't you think or maybe not? or did they think that the other side of it was just identical identical in what way it just looked identical I mean it's like I, like I mean, I'm pretty sure a dragon eats it and then regurgitates it is the <laughs> Right. 
let me see if I can figure out how long ago we knew that the moon was not actually like, because obviously like people can see that you can't see stars in the dark part, or even when it's a, when it's like a little sliver on a, like a really low light pollution night, which would be most of human history, you could still make out the rest of the moon. For sure. But, but then it's also like how, how long ago, I mean, you have to define people believing in things like right. uh, if today we still have flat earthers then like ex- exactly so i'm sure like super ancient is when they figured that out but who knows when most people gave a shit i don't know right if the smartest person was killed for saying a smart thing does that count as us all knowing it now no no i mean it's yeah, yeah. exactly um exactly uh, oh, this. 500, 500 BC, I'm seeing a Greek philosopher Anaxagoras, one of the early figures known to propose <laughs> that the moon reflects the light of the sun, implying an understanding of its lit half. It's okay. Like 2,500 years. Aristotle also discussed it 100 years later. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Oh, this just in. The House Speaker in Canada fucking resigned from... Um, you know, oh, just for, for just making for, just for getting everyone to cheer a Nazi. For, yeah, just for giving two standing ovations to a um, SS guy. Yeah, that's all. Wait, I don't know any of this story. I, I'm I'm not good at current events. Uh, so so Zelensky, you know, sure. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky was visiting uh, Ottawa, hanging out there in Canada, sure. meeting up meeting up with Trudeau and such. And uh, he's, uh, you know, addressing parliament. So they thought, hey, we got we got Zelensky over here. We should honor someone uh, who f- has fought Russians in Ukraine before. Let's <laughs> let's get a guy real quick. So they found this 98 year old guy. Right. And uh, gave him this gave him a medal and a big speech. And he got all. And then, of course, the next day, once anyone Googles the guy, it's like, he, yeah, he was a Nazi fought with the Nazis. And um, um Anyway, so real egg on their face in Ottawa. Yeah, because I don't know if you're familiar with history, but um, during the Second World War, the, the, the Russia was on our side for, for part of it. So if you say like someone during the Second World War fought against the Russians, it's worth uh, delving into exactly who they were hanging out with. Right, right. Um, there was, I mean, there were people that stayed on our side that fought the Russian, like the early, you know. They they were they were allies at first the old uh, old Joseph and Adolf over there you know sure and then um, then Adolf turned out he was not a good guy and what's did this a, now <laughs> did a real heel turn um, what with what with like the a, old like, uh, a, like a painting that wasn't very good like plagiarized or something uh, no no he he, he um, what he did was he it's, then he's like uh, open up a new front old Operation Barbarossa there you know. Oh, and uh, invaded, uh, invaded, invaded Russia. So, yes, people that fought against the Russians, against the Soviets in Ukraine in World War Two were uh, most likely Nazis. And this guy, um, it, it was an accident like he didn't he, he wasn't like, hey, let's bring in this Nazi. But it's just real dumb. Really? Oh, you got to like, do your research if you're going to. Yeah. But now uh, anyway, now Poland wants them to extradite him. So he can face what? like war. He's ninety eight. So to face war crimes, um, oh my god! Yeah. So it's like the guy went from like getting a medal and two standing ovations to like <laughs> maybe <now> spending <laughs> his last six months in jail. Uh, yep, that's how that's how it works. I mean, what the the whole like uh, you know um, propaganda campaign that Putin's been trying to wage about how this war was about freeing Ukraine from the grip of Nazis. Like, what is the even, like, kernel of that? Is there any kernel? Like- I, I think the, a lot, you know, a lot of it's about the Azov Battalion. Um, Ukraine has Ukraine has definitely had a neo-Nazi problem. Um, no bigger than Russia's, mind you. Let's put that out there. Sure. Uh, and no bigger than Poland's or what Eastern Europe has had a neo-Nazi problem. But and, it might not uh, have gotten into the ranks of government. It's just like popular, like a rising movement or what's the... Yeah, yeah, there's there's neo-Nazis. Um, but there was the, there were a group of uh, neo-Nazi sort of militants that got folded into the Ukrainian army. Uh, it was uh. a, a battalion. Um, and I don't know a ton about it, so 
pretty soon it's going to sound like I'm just talking out of my ass. But that's as I understand it, that's what happened. And it was, you know, it's no longer a Nazi-ish thing or whatever. It's also there's so much weird disinformation, horrible photoshopped images or, um, you know what I mean? It'll be like uh, it'll be like some Ukrainian army guys holding up a swastika flag or whatever. But it's obviously like someone photoshopped in the. It's the whole thing that that's the whole propaganda thing is you're not even supposed to know what's real. So you quit caring. Right. Just uh, that's the whole point. What's yeah. Carl Rove's term for it? Just s- spread, s- fill the zone with shit. Is that Carl Rove saying it's something? Or? Yeah. Fill the zone yeah. with shit. So, um, I mean, obviously, that's not the reason they invade what they want a warm water. No, I know. But it's I, not I know. The, I'm, I'm yeah. saying what, what he was telling his people to get them on board. If because if they actually believed that, then it would be like, oh, we're. We're fighting the good fight. Like this is, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was but, just wondering how it even like if there was no, you know, uh, whenever there's something like that, you assume there's like this tiny kernel that was blown out of proportion so that he has this uh, justification. I wasn't I, at all saying. No, <laughs> Tell no, me no. The reason why this war no, is no, no. I, I think I think there was, but I think no more of a kernel than if someone wanted to invade America for the same reason. Right, or, right, 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 right. Uh, you you could you could point to a country and say we have to denazify it because they've had a questionable punk show right in the last there's one dude on twitter or something right i don't know you know but i don't know i could be way off maybe it's a huge fucking problem there and we're all looking the other way i don't know i don't know it's not an area that i know anything about as is painfully obvious and i'm getting fucking ripped i guess only one person but somebody um somebody on twitter like when I admitted I didn't know some Canadian town we mentioned in a previous, I feel like Tim Robinson in that car sketch. No, I don't know how to drive. Not everyone knows how to do everything. Uh, well, we're we talking about what Yellowknife? Yes, they're like, oh my god, I thought you were smart. You just fucking. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry, I don't know what Yellowknife is. Like, oh, I, I didn't know you got. I didn't know you got lit up for not knowing Yellowknife. I'm giving this person, and now they're. Uh, you shouldn't respond to one tweet by talking about the podcast, whatever. But I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I hadn't heard of a town. Sorry for not having heard of a town. Sure. I mean, you've heard of it now. You're not You're not sure. wishing ill on the fine people of Yellowknife. <laughs> Starting a propaganda campaign, yeah. Oh, and speaking of that. So, Matt, that's... why do you always get quiet when we talk about Nazi stuff? Right? <laughs> Just recording. Just recording and uh, taking notes. Oh, yeah. and by the way, someone also noticed when we were going through Canadian geography in that episode that I, I balked at pronouncing the name of a lake. And that lake is the Great Slav Lake, as in like Slovakia. Or not, I guess that would, or you, like Yugoslav. I don't know. It's geograph- geographical. It's spelled S-L-A-V-E, but unrelated to uh, human bondage. Okay. You guys don't, you don't remember that a month ago? No. Oh, okay. No, the podcast uh, recording these is fairly traumatic for me. So my brain like, walks them out pretty, pretty you go quickly. Go to a fugue state. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't remember recording any of them. Um, so that's yeah, it's interesting. So uh, what are you guys? Um, uh, what are you guys having for dinner tonight? Uh, I was just thinking about like maybe like a, a chip, a ch- chip maybe like a chip. Yeah. Well, like uh, nachos. I was gonna. Do, I was gonna do like one of those like spice challenges. Look, guys, you might not want to. Um, I was going to do the same. D- did you guys know that a uh, a teen's death after eating a single chip has highlighted the risk of ultra spicy foods? Hmm. Wait. Uh, I. I already. Yeah. Fuck! I just. Binned well, go get halfway some through it. Yeah. So I um I didn't know what this was about. I had just recently seen this at a gas station. Um. And first of all, this is uh, uh, someone died. This is this is horrible. But I didn't even I didn't know. Um, so so of course thoughts thoughts with them and loved ones. I I, I didn't know this was a thing. This ch- spicy chip challenge. I saw. Uh, I was at a gas station recently, and they had them for sale. Maybe like maybe like two months ago or something. Mm-hmm. This uh, was sent in by the way by at Ted Theologian. Okay, thank you, Ted. And uh, yeah, but they. Um, and then my dad was telling me about it, how he wanted to try it. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen, I haven't seen the chips one specifically, but I've seen a bunch of them and they tend to be, I think they end up being sort of YouTube and TikTok challenges and stuff where, um, yeah, people get 
challenge to eat progressively hotter things. Right. So this is this is one chip. It is one single singular chip. A single chip. Um, and uh, the hot pepper linked to this teen's death can cause arteries in the brain to spasm. Um, I haven't read this article, but I'll assume it's off the shelves. Let's hope. So uh, Harris Wolaba, Wolaba, uh, perhaps a healthy 14-year-old from Worcester, Mass. Worcester. Tragically died last Friday, hours after eating a single ultra-spicy tortilla chip seasoned with two of the hottest peppers in the world. Um, the teen's mother reportedly picked up her son from school that day after getting a call from the nurse that he was sick. She arrived to see him clutching his stomach and took him home. About two hours later, he lost consciousness and was rushed to the hospital where he died. Brutal, dude. Holy Jesus. The, the teen had told his mother that he had eaten a Pocky chip. The 2023 Pocky One Chip Challenge chip, to be exact. Uh, each chip is sold individually, wrapped in a foil pouch, and packaged in a coffin-shaped box adorned with a skull, snakes, and the Grim Reaper. And that's what I'm saying. These warnings never work. That's It's like cigarettes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the box contains the challenge rules, which dare consumers to eat the whole chip and wait as long as possible before drinking or eating anything, and, of course, post reactions on social media. Uh, Lois Wallaba, uh, this is the mother, believes that the chip played a role in the death of her son, who had no known underlying medical conditions. I just want there to be uh, an awareness for parents to know that it's not safe, she told the New York Times. It needs to be out of the market completely. On Thursday, the maker of the Pocky chip, Amplify Snack Brands, a subsidiary of Hershey, announced that it was taking the chips off the shelves. The chip was intended only for adults and carried clear warnings, the company said. It was not intended for children or anyone sensitive to spicy foods or as food allergies, as pregnant or as underlying health conditions. Isn't well, pussies? It says it's not. Wow, why would they even? Yeah, why would they? Wow. that company? Why would they say no pussies? That seems. Yeah, the the cause for of a big death. Corporation to do that? That's ridiculous. The cause of death is not yet determined. Um, it's not cer- certain if the chip is to blame. An autopsy will be conducted, but the results could take up to twelve weeks. Um. So the reason uh, we've talked about this a lot is because of the Scovilles. That's the the Scoville score is the heat of something, um, the heat of a pepper. So some have decried yet another social media challenge endangering youth. But the teen's death also spotlights a sparse but concerning crop of medical reports that suggest that the pursuit of even spicier hot peppers is getting more dangerous. Uh, See, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, sorry, I interrupted you before the sentence finished saying potentially nearing a lethal limit. I did not know that there's been like an arms race of spiciness. I wasn't aware that. I didn't either. Um, you guys had not seen, pre- I've seen a lot of these chip challenge videos. Like, no, I've, I've seen them, but I thought, I didn't know that we were developing new, I thought they were just weird peppers you could find in the Amazon that are super fucking hot. Yeah, but apparently they've been selectively breeding them to be hotter and hotter. So yeah, this I didn't, was seasoned I didn't with know a Carolina that. Reaper which is the current holder of the hottest pepper in the world status, and the Naga Viper pe- pepper, which was the reigning hottest pepper in 2011, but is now merely among the top 10. Uh, so, mm. yeah, if you, so heat-seeking heat chili growers have been breeding spicier and spicier hybrids. In 2007, the ghost pepper was the hottest. I remember the reign of the ghost pepper. Sure. Yep. Now I've seen, like, ghost pepper-flavored snacks in, in uh, uh, just in, in the convenience stores and stuff. Um... In 2011, it was overthrown by a succession of new hybrids, including the Infinity Chili, the Naga Viper Pepper, and the Trinidad Scorpion Butch Tea Pepper. Then in 2013, the Carolina Reaper came along and has yet to be unseated. Ten-year uh, run. I didn't know that it's been there for that long. That's, uh, that's an impressive streak. So so yeah. the, the Scoville, let's, let's break this down, right? Uh, the, consent, the content of capsaicin uh capsaicin is the compound that gives peppers their spicy taste maybe measured in scoville heat units right the carolina reaper boasts up to 2.2 million so for reference uh standard pepper spray contains around two to five million ghost pepper one million a jalapeno pepper 3500 
So, so it's already so, so jalapeno weapons. is just thirty five hundred. This is one. The ghost pepper two point two is one million, and this is double that. Yeah, it's ten percent uh, more than what we call a weapon, which is pepper spray. So yeah, how does anybody have? I don't. Yeah, how is there any ambiguity when we, we use this as a weapon? And yeah. you're, you have something that's stronger than that, and you're selling it as a challenge, obviously to kids. Even if you say it's for adults, like clearly. Yeah, so it says in the, it, there's been serious health concerns. In the 2020 case study, the Mississippi doctors reported that a healthy 15-year-old developed severe headaches for, for days after eating a Carolina Reaper pepper on a dare. Six days later, when he showed up at an ER uh, with worsening headaches and nausea and vomiting, doctors found his blood pressure was spiking and arteries in his brain had spasmed, limiting blood flow and leading to swelling and an infarct, which is a tissue death due to in, inadequate bain, uh, blood supply. They diagnosed him with reversible cerebral vasoconstriction syndrome, which is RCVS, secondary to pepper ingestion. After treatment, he made a full recovery. Yikes. So they may contain, says the doctor, either a unique vasoactive substance or there is a dose-related effect of capsaicin concentration that can trigger RCVS. Further research in this area is needed to determine the exact pathophysiology of this phenomenon. The case provides further evidence that ingestion of hot peppers may lead to serious consequences and further research is needed to assess their safety. Man. So, Unreal. yeah, there's been other uh, other cases that have been noted. In 2018, uh, a guy ate a Calif Carolina Reaper during a pepper-eating contest. In the days follows, he developed severe neck and head pain, intensely painful thunderclap headaches. Uh, the scan showed unexpected narrowing of arteries in the brain. He, too, recovered after treatment. It's a vasoactive substance, uh, the cayenne, which is the capsaicin-containing pepper. It's also not necessarily just the brain. Apparently, in 2012, in Turkey, a healthy 25-year-old man suffered a heart attack after taking cayenne pepper pills marketed for weight loss. Tests indicated that the cause of the heart attack was spasms of the coronary arteries. The researchers noticed similar effects had been seen in rat hearts. Man, so, I... Uh, not to bring it back to Burning Man always, but I did drink a shot of... Ghost, wait, ghost pepper is the one for 10 years. Uh, ghost pepper absinthe at this absinthe bar that someone always sets up there. And that was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. And I just looked it up. Ghost pepper is only 1 million Scoville, so half as hot as Carolina Reaper. But yeah, 15 yep. minutes in a fetal position after that shot, like it was like, like a big thing that like when someone does it, everyone else stops what they're doing in the room and watches and they make you put on a luchador mask when you do it. And this, this, <laughs> this guy talked me into it because he said, like, I wouldn't have done it if there was any risk that it's going to uh, burn. Did you feel good afterwards, though? Once once the sort of initial pain has subsided and you were left with the endorphins, were you? That's what he was saying is like the after effects are like you can just suddenly, you know, you're reborn. And it's like, well, it feels like maybe like hitting yourself in it in the head with a hammer. So it feels good when you stop, it's, you know, it's that kind of logic. <laughs> But I mean, yes, it was a bit like, yeah, there was like a definitely an endorphin rush like 20 minutes later, but I only would have taken it or I only took it because he promised because it's a shot. You're not eating it. He promised there was no second burn because I'm like, if it's going to burn tomorrow coming out, like I don't. And he's like, no, 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 it, it doesn't. It's just the one time I promise it's 15 minutes. It's bad. And then you're like reborn. But like as soon as I did it, it was like my insides were trying to come out. Like my body wanted to like, <laughs> like a Cronenbergian. And then also instantly all of my senses were heightened and suddenly everything smelled awful. And I wanted to throw up from the smell of just my own body. Like I could just smell everything. It was like super powered within 30 seconds. Like I'm at the bar first. Everyone's watching to see what happens. And then I'm just like, I got a, and then I'm just like on my side in a fetal position on the ground for like 15 minutes. And a guy had this really nice camera, like a DSLR, who was like taking pictures of me. But I forgot Just to get crying. his. Is I, I should have got his info because I would love to see how bad it looked because it, it's it's one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. Were you, were but, you still wearing the luchador mask? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like you can get through. I think anyone can get through the worst pain of their life if they know it's only going to be fifteen minutes. So it's hard to even compare it to other pains that you've had that you know might not go for a long time because there's like a psychological element to like the fear of like oh fuck am i fucked and that's exacerbated right the pain. is this my new reality right where this it, it, it is worth saying worse. as well with these stories these are very low numbers like when we were reading the story it was just like what this this teen recently 
and then one case in 2020 and then one case in 2018 like i, I i'm also i'm not saying like a lot of people are doing these challenges and eating these peppers but it's still a pretty small sample size to say one person has I, like I, I think probably if you were to eat a carolina reaper you would not end up in hospital well yes but i but- could also say that it would probably be an incredibly unpleasant time it sounds like you're doing a cost benefit analysis and the costs are very low but uh what is the benefit again (laughs) (laughs) it's like saying a vaccine for a non-existent drug is mostly non-existent disease is mostly safe it's like right but the disease doesn't exist uh okay yeah yeah no that that is a fair comment that there is there is nothing you are specifically trying to prevent with (laughs) or or cause in this situation so yes yeah it is mostly safe but also stupid and unenjoyable and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> luckily it's really painful at best and probably doesn't even have some like really good flavor that you're gonna enjoy yeah no there will there'll be no flavor you'll have little to no sense of any flavor uh, for a while after that it's just basically a sensation at that point isn't it all right. Having said all this, we do have to add a Patreon tier that will force us each to eat one of these. What would that tier yeah. be, guys? I know. I uh, I'm really bad with spicy food. Like, re- like, ooh. this would this would really mess me up for a while. Uh, I definitely don't want to eat the one that's been killing people. I mean, um, I'll eat the one that's been killing people for ten thousand dollars. Ah, you really really sounded like you're about to say charity. And then yeah, the charity <laughs> is my medical bill. I'll eat for ch- 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 ten grand. <laughs> um, What'd you guys do for ten grand? Uh, I mean, right now I would because you know it's been a writer's strike. Yeah, for exactly. Five months. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, do, but I would do weirdly dangerous shit for ten grand. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's that says more about me than the than the thing. You know. And, is this like circumstantial? Like just just right now, like ten years ago, you wouldn't have, or is this like yeah, circ- it's circumstantial. Well, yeah, no, yeah. it's you know, like uh, when when you're a kid, like when you're like in middle school, sitting around at lunch at school, and uh, there's the whole like, um, you know, you and your dude friends are trying to out out manly each other. So the a question goes around very commonly, I find, which is uh, like, how much money would you need to to blow a guy? Right. You know, and when you're that age, the answer is like thirty thirty billion dollars, because because <laughs> yeah. like you don't An infinity dollars. Yeah, because you don't need money uh, for anything, and you get free food at home from your parents. And it's like amazing how low that's gotten for me. That number, <laughs> like every year, it loses like a couple more zeros, and it's like because <laughs> I, I still think about that basic question like all the time. I was like, how much money, like, right now, like, to blow a guy, just to blow a stranger right now? You're like, has he showered recently? <laughs> right. Like, I'm down to, like, logistics. You know, I'm getting down sure. to, like, you know, do I have to make eye contact? Like, right. you know. But it's uh, it's probably, like, way too low is my point. Yeah. Like, and on that note, a little plug for the Patreon, because we should wrap up the main <laughs> episode. And then do like, when I say too low, I mean, like, doable. Like, for somebody, if they were just... <laughs> Yeah, listen, uh, probablyscience at gmail.com, no, Twitter no, at probablyscience. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. If, if you, if you just, just want to skip a few of your avocado toasts this month, no. then you can get... I'm not blowing any listeners. My point is... But my, if you've eaten pineapple is... recently, he can negotiate. It's Ugh. everything... It's okay. All right. No, I say that because you know I'll blow all these guys for free. Sure. My yeah. point was, uh, it's the same with the ghost pepper thing. It's like... Yeah, ten grand for the ghost pepper thing. Like, yeah, of course I would, you know. But that's because I need ten grand more than I did uh, well, when I was a child. Maybe we can lower this to a place that Patreon can handle. Like a thousand? Will you eat the chip? Uh no. Oh, okay, okay. No, I'm not eating that chip for a thousand. I'm, I mean, what's the harm in putting a level on there that we all three eat it? Because I haven't actually been faced with that. I mean, that that's the thing. Right now, I say no. But if someone has, is holding the chip and showing me ten one hundred dollar bills, probably it's hard. It's hard for me to like hypothetical that. You know what I'm you saying? You know, it's going to be a day ruiner at best. You know, like a day complete ruiner. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, we'll give it some thought. We'll discuss it some more in the bonus episode and come to a number because I think we should just... You're allowed to do something like that on Patreon, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't think you can offer to blow people. I'm pretty sure that's against the <laughs> okay. terms and conditions. I'm not but... blo- blowing anyone. I'm not offering. I've, I brought up a bad parallel. All right, let's not turn this into a Jesse wants to blow everybody thing. All right, I'm not saying that. I'm just we, saying we should... it. <laughs> we'll circle back on this when the writers' strike is no, well over. We're not, well not going to circle back and, on it. Uh, we're not going to circle. Back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying we can look back uh, and laugh when we have jobs at some point in the future. Uh, I remember how close we got. <laughs> They're just yeah. like teetering over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how many um, more uh, shredding guitar lessons I could buy if I ate one of those chips. <laughs> That'd probably be pretty heavy metal to eat one. I'd score some cred with my uh, yeah. Swedish guitar teacher. And on, and on that note, anything else to plug? Anything coming up that we need to let people know about? Actually, uh, I'll, I'll get this up tonight. So tomorrow, or whatever, Wednesday, September 27th, if any of you happen to be in the vicinity of Yucca Valley, which is up here by me and Joshua Tree area, uh, I'll be co-hosting trivia at 7 p.m. at Tiny Pony. Tiny Pony Tavern doing some um, game show themed trivia. Uh, I doubt any listeners would come. But I don't know. If you, live, if you live in like the Coachella Valley, it's only like a 40-minute drive. For, there's got to be somebody within an hour uh, Tiny Pony, Yucca Valley, Wednesday, September 27th, 7 p.m. Yeah, for no, no questions about Yellowknife, but otherwise it'll be uh, right? yeah. pretty hard. I've got a round of, I guess, here's a little cheat if you want to come and dominate. I've got a round called uh, Are You Smarter Than a Celebrity? Which is all questions from Celebrity Jeopardy. Uh, two-parters, you got to answer the question, and then also uh, I'll give you a great wrong answer, and you have to tell me what celebrity said it based on some clues. Uh, that's cool. So get in there, get get to that. And uh, listeners, you, you know where to find us. Probably science at gmail.com is the email address for questions, comments, clarifications, stories you'd like us to cover. Probably science.com is the website where we put up all the show notes and the links and everything. And you can find us on Twitter at Probably Science, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.